Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And we welcome back an old friend of the show, baseball broadcaster, author, and historian, Greg Lucas, who spent many years. How many years were you on Astros broadcast altogether, Greg? Oh, it's been 95 through 2012. So that would have been uh, 95, uh, five and 12, 17 years, I guess. Yeah, I thought that was quite a few. That was uh, 17 years. It, 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 did it feel like that long? Yeah, it did. And then, of course, before that, I was with the Texas Rangers for about seven or eight. So about 25 years altogether. So, yeah, it seemed like it. Sometimes it seemed real, real long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think those last couple, you were at the beginning of the uh, bad stretch. I was the thing of the bad stuff, yeah, for the, the 2012. I was the beginning of the first uh, teams that lost 100. Yep. Well, it sure didn't look like those teams uh, this season. Uh, so far, the Astros start the season on fire. They sweep the A's in Oakland, split two in Anaheim, win five of their first six, outscoring their opponents 45-18. to 18. If not for one Joe Smith bad inning, they'd be perfect. What's got you excited for what you've seen so far, Greg? Well, uh, the, the hitting. They've been scoring enough runs. Like even today, they only scored four, but they got uh, they three of them were off three home runs. Didn't get a lot of hits, but they uh, the offense has uh, has been impressed me uh, the most, I suppose. If you were to make check marks as to okay, what do we need to see from the Astros to start the season? You would start off with, hey, Alex Bregman. We need his offense to show up this year instead of uh, what he was doing last year. He's Got a 1240 OPS. Yuli Gurriel, what about your offense? What happened to that last year? Well, he's got a 1127 OPS. And Altuve, what about your offense? Whatever happened to that? Well, he's hitting 320, Greg. I mean, up and down the lineup. It's been incredible. Yeah, but the, the most of these people you're mentioning, it's no surprise that, that uh, they're hitting well. They didn't hit well at the start of last year, and in Altuve's case, he never really did, even Bregman for all rights and purposes, until the postseason. But uh, they have been track record hitters. The same thing with uh, Brantley. They're, they're track record good hitters. So I'm not uh, I'm not surprised that they are getting the job done early. The bottom two in the order, especially number nine, uh, is pretty weak. But eight uh, walks a bit. Gets uh, he's got some. He's got a decent on base percentage for a low batting average, uh, meaning straw. Yeah. But their top seven are pretty solid. And then uh, eight and nine are just a little bit weaker. But we can handle that. A lot of teams have weak bottoms. The other part about what you needed to see from the regular guys is Altuve's arm, and he's not had any trouble with throwing balls to first base. Have you seen anything that's bothered you with the way he's throwing the ball? No, no, not at all. In fact, last year, that was an aberration. He started aiming it, and he, he had problems also in some of these overshifts when he's playing extremely deep in right field because there is such a thing as playing deeper than your arm. And he was uh, he was having to really push some of them, and that's why I made some some of them were wild throws, and and then he'd move back into the infield and uh, he'd aim it a little bit. But I think he's fine. I don't think there's going to be any more problems with that. It's also good to have Jordan Alvarez back. He has started the season about where he left off a couple of years ago: three oh eight average, eight eighty three OPS. I mean, he he might uh, be a little lower than what I expect from him there, but still pretty good. I mean, Jordan Alvarez. Greg, this guy, it just seems like he wakes up and he hits line drives. Right. And call me old-fashioned because I am, but I still do not like OPS as a statistic. I want to know what the slugging percentage and the on-base percentages are separately. 
because that makes a difference to me. Uh, not that total. It's just a, but, but again, I'm, I'm fighting a losing battle on that. But uh, I, I want to. It's an important statistic in what it is made up of. But as it is, it's just a ranking stat. And I don't, I'm not big on those. But yeah, or he has pitched, he has played very well. And the best thing I've liked about him, he has struck out less. And he's hit some balls to the left side, mostly by accident. Although he had a home run uh, that went to a left center field, uh, most of most of his stuff is by accident. But that is so crucial. He's got to get enough of those accidents so that he's not going to get loaded up with that overshift on the right side and always grounding into right field and being thrown out at first base. Uh, that's uh, that's important for him to hit that ball the other way a lot more. And, and that I like that. Well, how about this stat? Tell me what you think of this number. Through six games, the Astros have scored 13 runs in the ninth inning. I mean, they've been unbelievably clutch late in the games, too. Yeah, as long as you don't uh, pitch that u- that utility player, Tom, in the ninth inning, they've been very good. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> the only inning they didn't, didn't score. <laughs> <laughs> in two of their six games, they only used two pitchers, but Greg... Uh, I know you have one concern regarding their pitchers and and how much they're having to use them. Uh, What was the big concern for you in these first few games? Well, I have no problems with when Grinky pitches because he is judicious with his pitches for the most part. But I have a lot of problems with some of the harder throwing guys that just at stre- stretches or every day, three balls to everybody. And then, of course, uh, because they throw hard, they'll have a lot of foul balls hit off them. And uh, the pitch counts are just atrocious. Um, I love the stuff. I love the stuff. Obviously, Grinky has great stuff, but it's different type of stuff. It's very slow stuff, but it, his stuff is great. But I love the guys that can really throw hard and have good sliders and, and maybe change-ups. And the Astros' rotation is loaded with them, but they they just are not judicious enough with the number of pitches they throw. Uh, you know, five innings, ninety-five pitches. That's just not right. That's too. That's just not enough. You've got to you've got to go deeper in games than that. And the reason is not just for those pitchers; it's also for the entire staff. Because if you start using your relievers too much, that's going to be death down the road. I, I really, I really think so. Uh, you can have an aberration here and there, like Smith had uh, on uh, his last outing. Now, that was an aberration because he's a much better pitcher than that. But I'm just concerned that if uh, the guys start throwing too much, they're going to lose a little bit, and that's all it takes. You lose a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you're not as effective as you were. And I, over the long season, I want to see these uh, starting pitchers not be running pitch counts up, so that you're you're thinking, well, they might not even get to the fifth inning, and they don't always get to the fifth inning. And it's not because they're giving up a lot of runs; it's because they're throwing so many pitches, you just can't keep them in any longer. And that's got to change. That has to change. Yeah, that's something I noticed too. But Orkiti had control issues in his start. However, I'm I'm real confident in his ability to throw strikes and be somebody who can go deep into games. He had that really bad first inning, and same with Lance McCullers. Now, it's different with Lance. It's like Groundhog Day every year. Uh, Same story. He can't get deep into games, Greg, consistently, and that was my one huge concern with that long contract that they gave him. Yeah, it's just too many pitches. I mean, for instance, in his last start, he couldn't throw a fastball for a strike to save his life. Now, you would think that that's a minor adjustment. But apparently, in his case, it's not, because he could not throw a fastball for a strike to save his life. It had a lot of movement, but he wasn't able to make an adjustment to uh, to corral that movement. The Astros pitchers don't give up many fat balls. They don't give up any too many pitches right down the middle. 
Uh, actually, the, the long home run that Trout hit was right down the middle, but that's a rarity with Grinky. He, he doesn't throw pitches there. He just doesn't. But uh, it's like he or anybody else, if you do, uh, you're going to get hurt for it. And uh, the Astros, uh, you know, starting pitchers, their earned run averages are a little high because they haven't gone enough innings. But they're only giving up one or two runs. But as I say, they're young. Most of these guys are young. And, of course, uh, Framber Valdez will be back at some point this year. Uh, Odorizzi will be pitching at some point this year. So they've got a little bit uh, of extra going for them. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to jump off the uh, edge of a bridge because their starters aren't going deep enough. I'm just concerned that that has to change. Yeah, that's the one thing you could say about Fromber. He was going deep into games every single game last year. It's the one thing that you thought maybe you would miss. And so far, that's been the case. Now, Luis Garcia, he's taken up Odorizzi's spot in the rotation uh, for now, but Odorizzi should be back soon, like you said. What do you see as far as Luis Garcia, his potential, and do you have any feel for what he can be? Do you think he's a long-term starter or a reliever? Well, he could be. Uh, but, you know, again, how, how do they determine that? They determine that in large measure by how many innings the guy is capable of pitching. If they don't think a guy who's got great stuff is capable of going more than two innings, then he's going to be he's going to be made a reliever for the rest of his career. Like uh, uh, we've had guys like that here before. They had a chance to be starters, but they never could hold on to it. And uh, it's because they weren't maybe suited for it. Maybe they were better suited to be something else. And uh, again, it goes down to command because stuff. These young pitchers. I mean, uh, uh, out of the bullpen, Paredes has a great arm. But in his last outing, he couldn't throw strikes. He was behind, throw three balls to every hitter. You've got to master that. That is the most important thing for a pitcher is throwing strikes and then throwing good strikes. But you just can't be all over the place, and that's uh, that bothers me with a couple of young guys. Well, Garcia, the one thing that I remember about his outing, and this is something that really bothered me, uh, there was a fly ball to right field, and Kyle Tucker was loafing his way over to get the fly ball, and you know, Yuli is, you know, he's halfway to the fence running out there to try to get it. And I'm like, where's Kyle Tucker? Why isn't he running? And the ball drops in and that starts the problems for Luis Garcia and, and, and everything sort of unravels for him right there. These Astros feelers, you know, you got to help these guys. And that's one way that ball games can get away from you and, and have your starters end up out of the ball game earlier than you would like. Well, that's true. And on that, that particular play, I remember, uh, it was kind of in no man's land. But I would say, let's start at the beginning. Tucker is not a great defensive outfielder, no matter what, whether he's sprinting for the ball or whether he's just kind of jogging because he doesn't think he can get to it. He's not a very good outfielder. That's, that's the one area where the Astros are are weaker because last year they had uh, Reddick, who was an outstanding outfielder, and Springer, of course, a superb center fielder. But, uh, no, the outfield is weaker because uh, uh, in left field, he, Brent, he's, he's just an outfielder is what he is. He's not great or, you know, he's just, a, he's just a left fielder. So they don't really have a great outfield, and Tucker certainly not great. And, yeah, you're right. It, that can affect a pitcher if he thinks a ball – Actually, even if he doesn't think a ball should be caught, if he thinks that he got the guy because he it was a pop-up and the ball was just in the wrong spot, either one of those things can affect a pitcher, especially a young pitcher, absolutely no question. What about the relief pitching so far? Because, Greg, if you look at what they've done, everybody's looked pretty good. The guy that's really impressed me so far has been Ryan Stanek. I mean, three outings, he's not given up a run. He looks real good. He's a guy that... You, it's one of those guys, the real good James Click move because they got him really cheap and um, somebody that really helping out the bullpen that you know didn't have the depth last year and they had to go so far into the, all of these young guys. 
Well, I agree with you. There's some guys in there that look really good. Couple, you know, I'm, I'm happy with both the left-handers, even though neither one of them had tremendous stuff. But they, they, generally speaking, if they're throwing, I'm going back to that same old story. If they're throwing strikes, they can get out. But if they are falling behind on hitters and they're going at two and zero, one and zero, two and zero, three and one, they're going to get hurt, no matter what their stuff is, because at some point they're going to have to come in to, to stay away from a walk, and so. These guys have simply got to be able to throw more strikes early in the count and and put the hitter on defense. So let me ask you about the lineup so far. It's It's been all over the place. Of course, they, they had Brantley started off the year red hot. He was hitting lasers everywhere. He's fantastic. And then he gets hurt with his hand. What do you think the lineup should be? Do you like Altuve in the leadoff spot? You know, is there somebody that you want moved up or back from what you've seen so far? I mean, he shuffled them around, so just it's kind of dependent on what's been going on at this point. Of course, Bregman also missed a game. They're kind of working his hamstring back into shape. But do you have a preference? Well, I think Altuve is absolutely perfect at this stage of his career in the leadoff spot. I mean, he's gonna he he, he gets on base and he, uh, he even walks a few times now, and and I think that's fine. And Brantley, number two, I like that. That's also righty lefty. And then number three is uh, Bregman. That's another righty. So it's righty, lefty, righty. I know some people would like to see uh, Alvarez hit fourth, making it righty, lefty, righty, lefty, which would make sense. He probably should come up to the plate more often, let's say, than Tucker. Uh, so Tucker probably should be – actually, that would be the only switch. From when they started the season, would they have Tucker hitting cleanup? I, I would have made that reverse. I would, I would have switched uh, Tucker and Alvarez. Uh, and I might toy around with, depending on who the starting pitcher is, elevating or, or switching a Correa and the Guriel and that other, you know, who's ever the left-handed hitter is going to be that I'm going to hit in the second half of the order. And you can't do anything with 8-9. and 8-9 nine. Nine is who they are. They're going to be the catcher who is not going to hit much. He occasionally will run into one for a home run, and that doesn't matter which catcher it is. The same thing applies to both of them. And, uh, and of course, uh, the center fielder. Right now, it doesn't look like he's going to hit much, uh, and maybe he won't, but he, he has walked a few times, and he does give them some extra speed in the lineup. So until some phenom joins the team, uh, that comes up from well, their somewhat depleted minor league system. That's the outfield. That's got to be the outfield. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I was surprised that Jordan wasn't batting fourth and kind of ticked about it, but at least Dusty corrected that pretty quickly. And I don't know if that was just the Brantley injury. I don't know what was behind all of that. But yeah, Jordan's got to be the fourth. I mean, he's the best hitter on the team that he's proven it. And I mean, I know, oh, it's only been a year, but I saw enough in the year. I saw enough all the way in from the regular season to the World Series where he was fantastic. So yeah, that that was the big deal for me that Jordan needed to be batting fourth. And, you know, Correa, the fact that he was batting as early, I guess, in the lineup, I was a little bit surprised. Well, I had a Jordan was a big deal for me. And Yuli and uh, Correa, like you said, um, it might just depend on which guy's hot, which guy bats fifth, and which guy bats seventh. Miles Straw, let me ask you that. Do, do you feel like it's better with Miles Straw's speed that he bats ninth? So he's, you know, got, say, Altuve behind him? Yeah, the old second leadoff intercon. Well, that's that's a thought. There's definitely a thought. That's a, an argument that some people would make. Uh, because he does have the speed, and he would be in front of the top of the order. But uh, Dusty's pretty much doing it with uh, our best hitters are in the top six, and then after that, you know, seven, eight, and nine, doesn't matter. Is there anything that you're concerned about? You know, we talked a little bit about 
the starters and their ability to go deeper into games. But, you know, going forward, I mean, is there anything that this team can really do to get a, a ton better at this point? Uh, no, well, no, it all goes back to pitching. It really does. The pitching's been fine, except for the length of time they're staying on, the starters are staying on the mound and what that may mean to the bullpen later. That That's that's it. That's the only problem I have. Now, that could be serious, but it isn't now. It isn't yet. And let's just uh, hope that it uh, doesn't get that way. Because the regulars, in other words, Altuve has already proven he's a potential future Hall of Famer. Brantley's not a Hall of Famer, but he's an almoster. Uh, Bregman could be. By the time his career is over, he could be a Hall of Famer. Uh, Alvarez, his has just started, and it's always harder for DHs to make the Hall of Fame, but he could, you know, he could be if he's if he becomes that outstanding a hitter. Uh, and so, uh, no, there's some guys that have, have track records that are if you, they just hit their their average, their track record, and uh, this will be a very good offensive team. What do you do about Carlos Correa going forward? Are you willing to give more of an extension as far as either money, definitely years? He's going to want more years. Do you want to do that with Carlos Correa if you're the Astros? I think what they're doing right now is 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 good. I think they're they're one twenty for six. That was twenty million a year. Was fair. Now what's thrown a monkey wrench into this was. Uh, what happened in New York? I mean, that that was ridiculous. That contract that he got was ridiculous. Yeah, Lindor. There, there's no way that Carlos will get a contract like that. It just won't happen. I mean, he's going to have to hit 350 with 35 home runs and drive in 115 runs, uh, and then play go, keep playing Gold Glove defense, and and then he's got a chance. But they, what are the chances on that happening? I don't think so. So I think the offer was fair. And I think they could have boosted up probably an extra thirty million over the length of the contract. Uh, but uh, as far as um, uh, he, he's still a, a man, a player in question because he's had some of the injuries were freak. Some of them were caused by being on the field, and then he had that terrible incident with his masseuse. I, I think from the Astros' standpoint, they right, made the right move. And if they have to go to find another shortstop next year, they're just going to have to do it. Uh, I'd like to have him here. I'd like to have him uh, uh, play out his career here. But he became a free agent at, uh, what, 26, and that means he's going to want at least 10 years because he wants to get to 36. And and you can maybe justify that. 36, players should still be able to be That's the tail end of the career, but it's he should be still okay. But uh, the Astros don't necessarily want to go that long, and we'll just have to see. I, I'm not I'm not really down on them. And I'm not down on him. He's in that bargaining position, and the Astro fans are just play this year and not worry about next year. Yeah, it's interesting because if you look at his numbers, you know, in his career, he's a 276 hitter, 353 on base percentage, 479 slugging. Two of the last three years for him, frankly, were pretty subpar because uh, that 2020 season last year, he, it was 709 OPS. So that's really low. I know you hate that number, but just to give a quick snapshot, 728 OPS in 2018, um, the 2019 season, he was good, 926, great. But the thing, Greg, when you look at Carlos Correa and you start comparing him to the rest of the shortstops around baseball, I think he might feel like he's a little bit better than he is because really, you know, I, I, I'm not a big fantasy guy, but if you look at the fantasy experts, they have him as the 10th best shortstop in Major League Baseball this year on just about every list. I mean, this is not somebody, we're not talking about a top three or top five guy. That's how deep shortstop is. And, and he's just 10th. And there's a lot of these guys that are coming up that are going to be free agents. I, I don't know if he gets what he thinks he's going to get. 
No, I don't think he will. I honestly don't. Eat. I agree. I don't think so either. The only way he he can benefit is if the Astros are a postseason team deep, and preferably even a World Series team, because that gets an awful lot of extra boost. Especially if he has big hits in the World Series and all that sort of stuff, they'll get they get extra boost that some of those other shortstops don't. But overall, hitting and defense, he is not. Uh, in the top five. Now, defense, he probably think he is. I think defensively he is in the top five. But, you know, 276, well, batting averages are out of date. Well, the batting average helps compile the OPS because its slugging percentage is helped, uh, and the on-base percentage are both factored with that. And, and 276 is nothing special at all unless you're hitting 35 home runs. And he's not hitting 35 home runs. Yeah, that's why that slugging percentage part of the OPS is not very impressive. He is over-evaluating himself, or his agent is. Uh, and as I say, I think he can probably still squeeze out $150 million from somebody. It may not be the Astros, though, because if he doesn't, if he doesn't have a really good year, it won't be the Astros. They'll be ready to move on. They'll be signing one of those other guys to play shortstop. Or it would be nice if they had somebody knocking on the door down in the minor leagues, but they don't. But uh, that's uh, the minor league system right now is not in the greatest shape. Except they've got a few pitchers. I'll give them that credit. They've got a few pitchers. But no, I, I, I don't think – I would be very surprised if he's back. I also would be very surprised if he comes even – even close to what the Mets Mets paid. I, I mean, I think that was way overboard. But I think the biggest thing is it can't it can't be a hassle. It cannot cause any problems on the team during the season. Carlos says he doesn't want it to, and that's why he didn't want to dicker during the year, and and so on and so forth. And I hope that's true because uh, you know it's just like Springer last year. Everybody knew Springer wasn't coming back, and uh, but he played hard and he played well. So. That's all you can hope for with Carlos. The other thing, Greg, that you got to think about if you're the Astros is there are other shortstops, like I said, on other teams that are going to be free agents. And maybe the Astros say, I don't want to invest this much in Carlos Correa because of his history of injuries and especially with the back. And that's been a problem. He's mid-20s, but back injuries already, not good. And so maybe they decide that they're going to invest in one of those other guys. Because if you look at the Astros' salary, their payroll going forward, Greg, Granke's coming off the books. Verlander's coming off the books. They're going to have some space as far as money to use. I mean, they're up against it this year, but that's about you know $60 million for them that's off the books after this year. Yeah, Lance McCullers, you know, his thing's going to kick in, but that, that's some room for them to work. So they, they could go out and get one of those other guys. That's my point. I think that's very, very possible. And I think they may go that direction. Let me use an example that I remember back when I was with the Texas Ranger announcing club. Uh, when they had Rafael Palmero at first base and he became a free agent, the Rangers didn't even wait around to negotiate with him. They signed Will Clark. And Palmero was upset because, first of all, he didn't like He wasn't a big Will Clark fan. They'd played together in college at Mississippi <laughs> State and they were not the buddies. But he felt Will Clark stole his job. Well, hey, the the Rangers had an option. They had an opportunity to sign Will Clark. And they didn't know whether they were going to get Palmero or not. They had an opening at first base. Well, that's exactly the situation here with the Astros. They may end up with a different shortstop simply because they can't wait around or they don't want to get into any bidding contest at the last minute with somebody. And that could very well happen. And the other thing is all the people keep saying, well, if they lose Correa, they just slide Bregman over to shortstop. Bregman can't play shortstop on a daily basis and be anything but average. He can fill in and he can do that sort of stuff. He doesn't have the range, and he certainly doesn't have the arm that Correa had. 
keep him where he is. He's become an all-star third baseman and leave him there. Get a shortstop if you have to get one. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm awful leaving Bregman where he's at. You know, spring training they moved Pedro Leon, the five-star, five-tool, I should say, guy that they got this offseason from Cuba. They're talking about maybe trying him out over at shortstop. Uh, I was like, oh, they're 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 trying to lay out at shortstop, and Correa's you know not signed yet, so they're 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 already thinking ahead a little bit. Well, a little bit, and and that also indicates that they're not in the best shape down in the system for at shortstop. That that's the other problem. In fact, I don't even know they've got down there in the short that the shorts aren't playing yet. I don't know who's going to be at Corpus Christi or Sugarland, but that's not one of their strong points, to my knowledge. It's going to be something they'll have to be concerned with by the end of the year. I just hope, as Astro fans should hope, that they just have as good a season as possible and maybe win the World Series again and then just say goodbye to him and uh, move on. Hopefully this team will be good enough that he will always have that same interest. We've talked about this on other topics before in other sports, but uh, you know, star players losing interest in a particular team and not playing as hard as they might because they, they they look around, they say this team isn't any good or won't be any good, won't contend for a championship. And hopefully, uh, at least he'll be stimulated all year and, and have a good year. Last thing real quick I had for you was the booing in Oakland. You got an inflatable trash can on the field at Anaheim. Uh, what do you think about you know what's going on? Is this going to be all year long, you think? is the, can, can, they, can everybody keep up the energy with this? I hope it wears off. It's, it's it's sort of, it's so sad. That was 2017. This is four years later. And how many guys are still here? Well, Correa is still here, and Correa admitted that he used some of the stuff. But then they beat up on poor Altuve, and he never took any of those aids. Okay, Bregman, and after, after that, that's it. Yuli, yeah, Yuli. But there's only like four of them. And uh, that's all that's here that were playing around in that World Series. And, and one of them, one of the stars, uh, never never took, the help and the so-called help. No, I hope that wears out. I saw something online that I thought was cute though, because they had a picture of both McGuire and Canseco together, and you know, wearing their Oakland uniforms. And they, <laughs> and, you know, the point was, and they're talking about cheaters. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> because that, that's the sign that should show up in uh, when the, uh, of course, the A's will be here, and uh, they get back at their fans by showing the Canseco and McGuire picture. These were cheaters. Yeah, like I said, it's uh, not good if you're booing a lot and you're getting your butt beat pretty good. It was 35 to 7 or 9 or something like that, I think. Yeah, it was a total one-sided four-game series. I mean, amazing. Uh, Baseball just doesn't work out that way. Baseball will have a game like the game uh, two nights ago where they, they give up four runs in the eighth inning. Baseball has games like that. But they didn't have any in, in Oakland. That was uh, the Astros from start to finish. But uh, hope fans don't get too excited about that because they're going to be. They will have some losing streaks. Art Howe told a great story when our, he was managing the Astros and Drayton McLean just bought the team and they had lost uh, two or three games in a row. And Drayton, of course, with his football mentality, that's what he really knew. He went down to the clubhouse and he says, "What are we going to do? We've lost three in a row." And, and, and Art had to calmly say, "Well." We'll lose three in a row again. We may even lose four or five in a row at some point. That's baseball. <laughs> so he had to kind of straighten his owner out that uh, that happens. And it does happen. It'll happen to the Astros this year. They'll run into a cold stretch. I guess uh, that's, that's all the Astros. There was one other thing I was going to bring up, and I, I just thought about this on Monday night when the game was going on, the national championship game between Baylor and Gonzaga. Congratulations to the Bears, by the way. When I was a kid, I used to be wearing Baylor t-shirts all the time. My dad went to Baylor. My aunt uncle went to Baylor. 
uh, when we were about 10 years old, me and my dad went to go see the Bears at the Cotton Bowl with Paul Bear Bryant playing uh, Baylor and Mike Singletary back then. Uh, Baylor got walloped pretty good, but uh, great day for Baylor on Monday night, Greg. And the interesting thing about Baylor is their athletic director. Do you remember who the athletic director is at Baylor right now? Yeah, he used to be the athletic director at Houston. He hired Kelvin Sampson at U of H, and he beats Kelvin Sampson and then wins the national championship. How about that? I will say this about uh, the way the national championship turned out. And that uh, actually made that loss that uh, Houston had to Baylor uh, not quite as hard to take, I would think, because they were really good. And in the second half of their game, they actually played them uh, very well. And and, and uh, that didn't happen with the championship game. That was Baylor all the way. There, You know, there were some slight runs, but they never really uh, – Really, never really challenged, and so the Bears are Bears are good, and Houston just needs shooters. That's all. Uh, they they play the game hard and they play the game uh, aggressively. But uh, if you play another game, another team that can play just as hard and just as aggressively, like Baylor, but also, by the way, can also shoot, uh, you're going to lose, and that's what happened. And Baylor shot forty two percent, I think, from three in the regular season. They were the number one ranked shooting team in all of college basketball. Mac Rhodes, congratulations, I guess. The Cougars fans, I don't know if you congratulate Mac Rhodes for winning his national championship. I mean, he didn't hire Drew, obviously, but Mac Rhodes is the national champion. It's That's great story. Very, very interesting. Greg, uh, love talking to you. So glad we could talk about the Astros just killing people early on. Well, I think they'll keep uh, keep it going, and of course they'll be back home on Thursday, and all the fans that'll that'll allow in will uh, have a chance to cheer them for the first time in two years. Yeah, first time the Astros fans will be at Minute Maid Park since Game Seven of the World Series, when the manager was AJ Hinch, the general manager was Jeff Luno. So much has changed in that time. Again, thanks a lot, Greg, and I'll just remind everybody that. Uh, uh, Steven, my co-host, he's dealing with some personal stuff this week, but he should be back next week. Hopefully, you can always reach us through Twitter, Facebook, or email info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. That's info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. Stay healthy and safe, and go get your vaccines, people. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.